Welcome to my existential life crisis. This is a podcast about how pop culture helps me deal. I'm your host, Russell Heiss. And I'm your other host, Chastity Heiss. And joining us today... Nicole Nielsen! Hey! We're so happy Nicole's here. (laughs) I'm excited to be here. Nicole is our first guest. Yeah. And not going to be our only guest and not going to be the only time that we have Nicole with us today. Definitely. Or ever. Right. (laughs) Well, you know. In general. It was nice being friends with you guys. Yeah. Okay, this is, this is it. This is it. This is the. This is it. Just this today. Is our, our fail- Just today. Right. That's it. Farewell. Bye. I was Bye really forever. excited about this. I'm glad <laughs> I get to do it at least this one time. Right. And then, then that's it. So we have known Nicole for, oh my gosh, um, like eleven. Yeah, years? about eleven or twelve years. I would say somewhere around there. I taught Stella in primary. Yes, yeah. and uh, Nicole has been frequent babysitter of our children. And our dogs. And frequent dog sitter, and now gecko sitter, now yeah. that we have added Leo to the mix. Can I just say he's adorable? He's precious. But I never want to, like, touch him or hold him. <laughs> you don't ever have to. It's totally Like, fine. I will feed him all the crickets yes. he wants. Yes. I will do all of that. Sure. Water, done, sold. Yeah. There's just something about lizardy, yeah. slimy thing. And I no, he's it. not slimy. No, he's not slimy. He's not at slimy all. at all. But, but I completely understand. It's just been over the last week that I've actually held him for the oh, okay. first time. And we got him in December. So. Oh, okay. Good. Oh, Good. So it's I, not just me. It is not. Totally get it. Um, but that Adorable. being said, yes, yeah. Nicole has been a longtime friend and in several different capacities. So this is really cool yeah. to have her in this regard um, because as you can tell we get along famously (laughs) it's really easy to talk to and we have a blast together so I'm looking forward to this yeah I'm very excited about this it is it is definitely like one of the highlights of my week yay because this you know teaching has become whatever it is now and uh love love teaching Maybe not in the midst of um, <laughs> pan global pandemic, you know. The you know the world burning around our. I can't it's, imagine. It's we have, I, I have chosen not to divulge what I do for a living. Right. No. Yeah. No. I. Not yet. I, <laughs> I'm not sure yet it'll come out eventually. I I love teaching. Kids are fantastic. Yeah. It's really more challenging than I expected because I have to put on that. Well, you know. This is this is part of our role. This is right. the role. Yeah, I have to, yeah. you know, put on the role of everything's okay, mm-hmm. everybody's fine. I'm not having an existential crisis in the middle of school when I find out that a kid has tested positive and I've been working in close proximity to them. It's fine. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. My whole world is not going to burn and crash in front of me. It's fine. Right. It's totally fine. Everybody's fine. <laughs> good. And that leads well, into <laughs> yeah. our topic You're welcome, today. You guys. Excellent segue. <laughs> Nicole's a pro. She's also done several different um, performances through improvisation. Oh, yeah. And she's been in front of a crowd. She's worked the stage. She's a teacher. So, um, yeah, this is right up your alley. I'm a little bummed I haven't seen your stand-up. So... My stand-up, it's funny because I've started thinking about more stand-up stuff that I could do, more jokes and things, 
Like, my stand-up was mostly about my struggle with infertility and being, like, oh. not a good Mormon. Interesting. Right, right. And so, like, I don't identify with that infertility struggle anymore. Right. Right. And it's not necessarily the same life that I was living. So there right. are different things. Like, I have huge fears of, like, the dark. I, in the shower, I can't even close, like, my eyes. I, I close my eyes to rinse my hair, but I have to do it super fast because I'm always afraid something's going to get me. Okay, there's a but lot wait, of material But wait, didn't you there. say you would watch scary movies with me? I love scary movies. What the fuck? I don't, I, it's like the weirdest combination of human being. Like, love scary movies, scare the crap out of me, don't like having the dark. Don't like the dark. Okay, wow. so... We all compartmentalized one way, <laughs> one way well, or another. And I thought it was so weird. So I, I, even going to the bathroom at night, I have to turn the flashlight on on my phone and then the, all the lights on in the bathroom. It does not bother me at all right. to turn everything on, go to the bathroom. I can go right back to sleep. Oh, my gosh. I need to give you a flashlight. I've got a couple extras. Oh, perfect. No, yeah. Nicole needs that little, that little <laughs> night toilet. light on the potty that the we have. The toilet light. What a toilet night light. I still need light <laughs> to get to the light. toilet, though. Oh, okay, yeah. right. Like, there could yes. be, like, a monster in the closet or something. Lit. Yeah, I need... Do you jump into bed? Yes, I do. Because there could be something that's going to get me on the floor. I don't I, know. I vividly remember jumping into bed. The, um, they They were... The killer clown... John Wayne Gacy yes, mm-hmm. was going to eat my feet off okay. if that, I didn't jump into bed. That is definitely going to be a separate podcast. So I'm going to rein it back in. I'm sorry. And <clears throat> the whole purpose right. of that was to get to the point where the first time my partner slept over and he went to the bathroom and I had no idea where he was. He oh, had no. just got out of bed completely in the dark. <laughs> he walked completely in the dark to the bathroom and used the bathroom in complete and total darkness. Good job. And came back and I was like, how did you do that? <laughs> and he was like, well, you know, as a kid, I would was afraid of the dark. But then, like, I stayed at my grandparents one time, and I was like, can you turn the light on? And my grandfather was like, if you don't go to the bathroom. So I'm more afraid of my grandfather than the dark now. And I was like, are you kidding me? Priorities. Oh, my gosh. That's my grandfather serious. used to box my ears. <laughs> Okay, yep. again, I'm going to do this one more time. Right. We're going to rein this in, and sorry. we're going to get back on topic. This, See, this we've is, got like, two. like I said, we've got my two favorite ADHD people. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So my job today is to keep everybody on the fucking path that yeah. we're supposed to be Yeah, on. all right. Sure. Okay. That's a whole other so topic, too, the right. ADHD. We're going to talk oh, about it. We're going to talk about it. Up. So, so today's topic is... Um, roles we've had to play in our lives. Right. You know, back to the compartmentalization well, thing. We all have to play different roles, different characters, put on different faces mm-hmm. um, at different points in our life that are appropriate to the situation. Like Nicole has to have her face on for teaching so that the kids aren't freaked out. Right. They fully believe that she's got her shit together and is in charge. <laughs> That's an entirely different role. Right, right. From the Nicole, I, I don't know what Nicole teacher role right. is. Right. Totally right. different. Because totally different. I've never been taught by Nicole. Right. I mean, I just sometimes, I, I tell them, you don't want mean Miss Nielsen. Right. Like, I need you guys to, like, turn down. Right. Yeah. Or mean Miss Nielsen comes out. And I think I they think that I'm crazy enough because they're not real sure. They know their parents' level of crazy, but they don't know mine. So they like they're like, I don't know. I don't 
all things. She's a wild card. We don't really know what that. She gets super hype about things, and I'm sure it could go the other way real real fast. Yeah. So I've been thinking about this topic Mm -hmm. since I talked to you, Nicole, about it, and and Chess as well. I I I I feel like um, at different stages in my life. Um, as somebody who's ADHD and who has never quite felt like they fit in oh, for sure. to yeah. any anything. And we're going to talk about a lot of these little topics, um, but currently it's just generalized the roles. Um, so I, I feel like um, I've always had a hard time conforming to anything, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, it, it has been difficult, but it's also been freeing in many ways where it's allowed me to uh, explore uh, interests that would have otherwise maybe been limited. Maybe been mm-hmm. closed off. To closed you. off, right. right. So my brain moves so fast that it allows me to be like, oh, I'm interested in this. And then I just start digging in. Yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah. I can't imagine that uh, as that a child. Hyper fixation. Oh, oh yeah. Definitely. Um it, it's all around us right now in my, my this is what we call our loft, the, which is the uh, room above my garage which has my records, my DVDs and um video games, video games and paraphernalia, yeah. insane just, sound just system. Everything. All, the all my weird shit. But also some family stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. You know. But it, it definitely is a, a pretty good visual representation of where your myriad of interests lie. I mean, we are yeah. currently looking at a coffee table that you built today. Right. So <laughs> that would be I mean, woodworking. Giant, giant piece of wood and metal in yeah. front of us. Right. Um, Welding, yes. woodworking. Yes. Right, right, right. right. Mm-hmm. And so, then we've got, like, the bar cart, too. Yes, yeah, yep. I put that together in about 15 minutes. Yeah, that I was bet like, you did. <laughs> of course. So, so what, right. What roles, then? Like, Ro- what roles? roles are you There's so many. Right and, well, currently, I don't know where I was going with this yet. I feel like I wanted to start out as a youth and as, as maybe perhaps uh, not too young, but because once you hit high school, you have to figure out, what group you're going to fit into and where you're going to end yeah. up. Who your people are. Right. I so was, Yeah. No, I get that. High school, I like I went from being like weird, eccentric kid who brought in like those creepy crawler things that you could make oh, to yeah. sell yeah. to everybody yeah. at school. <laughs> yeah. Because that was like, sure. yeah, sure, why not? Right. I get people to talk to me, engage with me. <laughs> yes, please come that talk works. to me. <laughs> Right, and then you get to middle school, and your spirit starts getting crushed because weirdness is not acceptable. Right. So then you get Absolutely to high school, not. and I'm like, okay, so I'm a band dork now. This is where I fit in. Uh, what did you play? I played the flute and piccolo. Okay. Oh, and the bass flute because I was in the flute choir. Uh, oh, that's a thing. That's I did not know. <laughs> a trumpet here. Right. Nice. So um, we got two band nerds. Two over band nerds. There yep. And yep. one cheerleader right so <laughs> here's something very Picturing important Chaz as a cheerleader is not easy oh yeah this is the captain this is um, stop it so <gasps> N- nicole this is this is another podcast but oh yeah we are going to be talking about how Chaz and i met and oh, yeah. i knew by looking at her she was out of my league <laughs> and part of this 
tonight, today, it, today, this discussion is about the role I played to land this wonderful oh, woman. Oh my gosh, you guys, that role. Oh, we're we're going to talk a little bit about it. We've been mm-hmm. honing that one for a while. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a fun story. It is. Yeah. So when I think about the roles that we all play, right, we I feel like we can put those in general categories. We've got like our home life, mm-hmm. you know, we've got our work life. We've got um, now Nicole is a new mother, oh, so yeah, that's weird. It's right? not just your role as with your partner; it's your role with your child, and you have to play different roles with different coworkers mm-hmm. and your boss compared to your peers and that sort of thing. And it's really fascinating that we're talking about this today because earlier this week, at the beginning of the week, our oldest child had a situation with one of their teachers where the teacher, well, let me just summarize it really quickly. Two years ago, the school was supposed to be doing a play. COVID hits. The play doesn't happen. Obviously, doesn't happen last year either. This year, the play is back on. Well, Stella was selected for a lead role, but is no longer interested. Mm. It's been two years, and Stella's moved on, so... The teacher who's in charge was really wanting Stella to take this role. And Stella said, I'm no longer interested. This is my eighth grade year. I'm focusing on school and a lot of different things. And it's stressing me out. Teacher's not like he hears her or hears them, but not really wanting to listen to them. And so he keeps trying to bring it back up. So Stella was like, here we go. Stella wrote an email (laughs) that was really fucking professional sounding (laughs) and was worded so well because they BCC'd me on this email and was going on and on, but not, I shouldn't say going on and on. It was just worded beautifully in like three paragraphs about you might understand this, but what you don't understand about me is this. And when I talked to them about it, they said, well, mom, you have to be able to talk to your teacher in a very different way than you talk to your friends. Mm -hmm. Like I have to be able to put that voice on and talk to my teacher in an appropriate way. And I was like, fuck yeah, you do kid. Like that's awesome. So seeing that that role has to switch and the role that they are playing with that teacher is very different than the role that they would play with me or their peers or other kids in their class. Right. It's you don't just come at your mom. Right. A certain, you know what right. I mean? Like, you can't come at your mom like yeah. she's your BFF. Nope. Doesn't work. And, and like, house. come, like, if you get, like, angry at them, you can't, like, come at them the same way you would your best friend or sibling or something. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And so That's... I think that it's important that our kids, and I'm excited that our kids are aware of mm-hmm. that importance and being able to switch. That's so funny because I, <laughs> I had only been thinking in past tense roles, right. not present tense which yeah. is um, this is why we're having this discussion <laughs> well and i even thought about like characters in movies like who are who would you be what role would you play in a movie oh my gosh and i yeah. never think of myself as the main character i just think of myself as like the funny sidekick okay. friend like, oh my gosh i'm always friend. the main character i am always <laughs> the main always character the lead in his own story which <clears throat> kudos to you my love you should right. be. That's awesome. Right. Everybody should be but the in, lead in their own story. But well, me, yeah. I'm like, no, I'm the funny, quirky best friend. But sometimes <laughs> you might identify with that right. person more. But that's funny because I think in real life, though, I like to sit back and yes. let other people yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. kind of, I don't necessarily think that I want them to lead. 
but I'm not going to put myself out there and be like, choose me. Well, you're not. I'm going to wait. You're not that showy of no. a person. You know? I'm just going to do it. Right. And you're a doer, not I'm a. Right. Yeah. Right. You, you want a leader, I'm going to show you how it's done. Right. Definitely a more of a lead by example right. kind of role than a and lead I, with a big loud mouth. <laughs> I think that's a result of the ADHD is as a child, as a, uh, a male child with ADHD in acting out, uh, it's, it's, it's been very a, a very conscious um, effort to me to step back. Mm-hmm. So you remember, all right. Let's let's, let's let's dig into this role situation. Okay, let's do this. Bring it. All right. I I had debated about whether or not to talk about this, but Nicole, you you forced my hand at this. Um, Whoa! You did you did you forced my hand? I I I've been talking to Chas about the church. Yeah. So um, I was raised LDS. Um, the Mormon, quote unquote, Mormon. Well, now they're calling themselves the, exclusively. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day, Latter-day Saints. Saints. And yes. I have so Members. many... Right. I have so many good things to say about it. Um, and, uh, and and some challenges as well. Um, we'll talk yeah. off yeah. mic about... Uh, For sure. ...new developments, but... That's ooh. a whole different podcast. Yes. Oh, okay. Right. So, I, I don't... Please spare me and spare us the negative comments. I don't need somebody talking shit on us about the church. I don't we, need... We know the negative things about the church. We are very well aware and very well informed on the negative aspects of sure. the church. Yeah. We get that. Yes. We also is. don't need the LDS members coming at us because we're talking negatively about the church because we are allowed to have our own opinions. You are allowed to practice so, yeah. your religion. These are our feelings sure. right. about the church. So keep all of that stuff to yourself, friends. That's well, not what this podcast I, I is don't, about. I don't have anything negative to say right now. And that's the whole point is <laughs> right. I don't want people to, I, I don't need the anti people right. being like, fuck yeah. Right. And I don't need the members being like, watch your language. All right. right. So right. just enjoy well, this for what it is. Right. Right. Um, so I, I, born and raised member of the church and I served a mission. I served a mission a little late in life, but uh I went at twenty twenty one. So I got back oh, at yeah, twenty three. You, you were late, yeah. huh? I was I was the old guy. I forget what they called us, like the I, grandpas. I don't remember. But <laughs> I loved my mission. I loved it for everything it taught me positive and negative. It it really has helped me adapt. And play a role, and and this is something that I just I was I, I think I was talking to you, Chas, about this earlier this week. Yep. Was that, you know, I've never fully felt like I fit in at the church. Yeah, no. I, I never have, um, and I don't know, and I still don't know where it is. But there are so many good things that the church has taught me in my life. Regardless, that was it. I got back from my mission. I was dating this girl who was not a member. She was. A horrible human being, um, at least at that time. Maybe now she's, she's lovely. Probably, she her role has switched completely. She's found she's found therapy. She's doing great. Sure, I, I, we're gonna. I think don't know, and I don't awesome. really care. Right. You know, it doesn't matter at, at anyway. Point, you know, when you're that young, you're selfish, and oh, sure. maybe she's less selfish, and I'm clearly less of an asshole. I learned a whole lot about that relationship that when my wife and I met. I was like, I don't want this, 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 and this because of this, 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 and this. Right. 
So it really helped us establish our relationship based on communication Absolutely. and respect. Yes, that relationship with her taught you how to set your boundaries. Yeah. Taught you what was important to yeah. you, what was not acceptable, mm-hmm. what was acceptable, what you were missing. I mean, isn't that the goal for all relationships, right? right? That we want to learn so that we can move forward because most people don't fall in love with and marry the exact or fall in love with and have a, a serious relationship with the right person as their first relationship. Right. You know, yeah. Most not, people don't. Most people don't. Some some do. And kudos to you guys. That's awesome. But most people don't. So relationships are there for us to learn and, and move forward. But the role you were playing at that point. Well, so I get back. <laughs> we were living together, which um, my mother was having a conniption fit over. And once all this stuff happened and then she got a separate apartment, we broke up and it was an, it was a nightmare, but I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to reinvent myself. And I I started drinking a little bit and, uh, it was like, I wanted to drink, um, like cowboy stuff because I loved the book Lonesome Dove. Mm -hmm. So whiskey roll, right? Here's my role. Wants to be a cowboy. We're stepping into my role. Urban cowboy. Right. I wanted to be, and it was it was J, a shot of JD and a PBR. So I'd walk down Ipanema, get a shot of JD and a PBR, and, like, here goes the persona. And it was always there kind of under, but with the, with the alcohol, it kind of helped oh. loosen it a little bit. Yep, a little bit. And so my role was I, I was going to be more outgoing and adventurous yes you had you told me you had always been the nice guy yes you had always been quiet nice guy and you wanted to see how the other half lived a little bit and maybe not be (laughs) but i was still respectful and consent was still arousing and attractive obviously but you weren't playing the like straight laced well, that wasn't even what you were playing. That's who you were. You were playing a role that was specifically not. Right. I was the guy. opposite of you what were. I was going to flirt with the really hot, sexy chicks. Right. And you were really fucking hot and sexy wearing that, what was it, a tube top or I like halter? Wanted- it was a halter top. <laughs> it was a halter top. Like pink and white stripes or red and white stripes? Pink and white stripes. Yeah. It always says, that tube top. I'm like, it's not a fucking tube top. It's all <laughs> Oh, my top. gosh. I wear halter tops because they look good on my shoulders. I have nice shoulders. Yeah. I'm not wearing a tube top because I don't have titties. So. <laughs> right. Okay, okay. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> the, Feel Stay tuned for that. the for the How We Met podcast. Yeah, that is a completely yeah. podcast. One separate podcast on Twitter. Oh yeah, so it's, anyway. it's going to be wonderful. So that Playing was me. That I was this, and and I was hanging out with I I don't know like my brother was friends with a bunch of moped kids. These like dirty <laughs> greasy moped kids. Yeah. All right. Nope. <laughs> uh, no, let's be clear. And again, we, we don't want to get too much into this because we have lots of roles to talk about. Yeah. But he was not hanging with moped kids. They were in a moped gang. Hell, the Hell's a, Satans. There's right. an actual documentary about yeah. them if you care to look it up You're, on YouTube. I'm if sorry. you care to look it up and see the persona in which I was <clears throat> pursuing yes, that was at the a time, role that, that was is it. 
And it was carefully crafted. I don't know, Nicole, no. have you seen that video? I have not, oh, no, but, but yeah, now need I to need it. to Next because... you have a spare hour. Oh, my gosh. Please, I can only will. imagine, like, these, these like, like early 20s, early to mid-20s dudes just, like, thinking they're so hardcore with mopeds. No, it like, wasn't hardcore. We knew how ridiculous it was. They went with the ridiculousness. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. There was no seriousness <laughs> about it. That's all like, I could picture. Parody. You okay. Know, like, yeah. Well, the Hell Satans was a Simpsons thing anyway. Right. Right. So it was taken from a parody. We yes. were listed in the Richmond Police Department yes. as a gang, and they investigated us. <laughs> it's like, really, dude? Bunch of nerds on mopeds. Like half yeah. the guys are straight yeah. edge and don't drink, and right. the other half are heroin addicts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, they all live together. I'm sorry, Travis. Forgive me. I love you to death. Um. Yeah. But now, now you're just calling out all right. Sorry, Travis. by name. Right. Oh, all the people by name right. in, the, in the moped gang. So, hey, moped gangers. Hey, we by found the you. way, none of that is secret. So, yeah, well, that's you're true. not that's calling true. anybody out. All right. All right. So, that role was mm-hmm. a carefully crafted, no detail oh left gosh. out persona. Yeah. Mm. Hilarious, mm-hmm. which is what I met. And then, yeah, we'll go into that at another time. At another time. So, that was my like. I was freeing of myself. Mm-hmm. And then I had to like, okay, this is clearly not who I am. <laughs> <laughs> this is uncomfortable, but fun. It's a lot it was, of work. It was really, it was hard. Right. Because, you know, when I'm by myself, I was, I was sitting in my, my, my room living with uh, Pat and Trav and Travis came, would come down every now and then and sit with me while I was like watching a movie or listening to music and be like, man, you're all right. And I'm like, Yeah. And no, I wasn't no, all right. You were nowhere. I was close to miserable. All right. I was so unhappy. And I just like Well, you were trying to find yourself and you were trying on different yeah. roles, which is yeah. what we all do. Right. Right? Yeah. Like I mean, even uh, so I uh, around that similar age, um, I was twenty years old, so early twenties, uh, just, you know, fresh fresh from college you know just all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed i'm gonna take on the world yes girl um was living in norfolk i was a waitress it was fantastic uh very like very you know trying to be upbeat and happy kind of person because that's what you got to be when you're a waitress that's the role (laughs) you have to play yep love everybody you're fantastic what can i get for you so that kind of carried over into my personal life but I didn't have a place to live, oh. <laughs> so I was, like, living in, like, sort of rooms, but not really. Like, one was, like, what should have been, like, a sunroom-esque area. It had no doors. Nice. Wow. A big open space that you could look through from the dining room into that room. Um, and then that person decided she did not want roommates anymore and so then I was homeless again and I ended up this is a long story to get to I ended up meeting my first husband and I had to become not me to make him happy because I was embarrassing as who I was because I ADHD mouth diarrhea I'll tell you anything about myself you want to know and I will tell you personal things that you shouldn't know maybe um and I think yeah and so for him that was super embarrassing so I then had to become 
quiet mm-hmm. and reserved. Mm-hmm. And I knew there was some 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 wildness to you, and that's what drew us to you in the first place. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but your first, I liked him. Mm-hmm. Super quiet though. Oh, super quiet. And I really do like him. That was actually though. my second husband. I oh, okay, well, yeah. Too. Never mind then. <laughs> but my first husband <laughs> was very like. Not physically abusive, but more mentally, mm. because he would get in my head, like, you're embarrassing, why would you tell people things like that? And then eventually I just got to a point where I was like, well, what can I say? Like, yeah. what am I allowed to say around our friends and family that won't be embarrassing to you? Mm-hmm. Like, are you okay? Like, am I okay now? Yeah. So then that obviously fell apart. And then I had to find myself again, and then I became this wild and crazy human being so you just cut loose yeah oh yeah i went the complete opposite direction <laughs> That's <what> i did <laughs> i went the complete opposite direction so i became this wild and fun loving human being and met some douche canoe of a guy with a mohawk that i was like he's so dreamy <laughs> You're, you know, early 20s. Right. That's yeah, girl. Mm-hmm. That's what you mm, he's so dreamy then i went to france <laughs> to finish out my bachelor's degree and fell in love with france and came back home and he kicked me out and then I moved to Richmond <laughs> and then uh I I became like I found a place where I thought I fit in at uh the Faison school for children with autism or people with autism at this point because they do adult programs mm-hmm. now too and I loved it so then I became this teacher this you know advocate for kids and you know whatever but then also I was still a little too wild and it became bad. Right. So then I found, you know, the church. And then I went the other way <laughs> to, I'm still very outspoken. Sure. Very liberal in my views. Mm-hmm. Too liberal for the church. Right. But right. I am not drinking anymore. I don't do coffee or tea and all that stuff. I'm not, I live by myself. I don't sleep with dudes. You know, none of that stuff. And then I met my second husband, who was also very quiet, very lo- lovely guy, just not the right fit fit yeah. for me in the long run. Because right. I am, I am who I am. Eventually, you know, the facade of good yes. Mormon, quiet Mormon, that role get peeled away. gets right. peeled away because yeah. I am who I am. As they all do, right? right. When we're playing these roles. Because right. that's the thing about a role. It's temporary. Mm-hmm. It's not who we truly are. Right. We are putting on a facade or we are behaving in a certain way. Because that's what the situation calls that's for. what the expectations are. It's what the situation calls for. And sometimes that's a good, healthy um, strategy and coping mechanism or uh, it's, what you, it's what you have to do yes. for your professional life. It's or, a way to behave appropriately. Right. But it, that role doesn't define you as a no. person. Right. right. And that's where I think we get into trouble. And like Nicole, um, this is my second marriage. So my first husband, though, was verbally abusive. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I completely relate to that. Like, well, what am I allowed to do? Who am I allowed to talk to? What am I allowed right. to say? Right. Because... I took on this role of this, like, I don't know who this woman was, but a woman who liked hiking and camping <laughs> and bike riding and outdoorsy I, stuff. I like and, hiking and camping, but yeah, you but don't. Correct. Absolutely. I, I don't know don't. how you went along with that. For years. I want to go hike a mountain, but nobody will go with me. I don't want to. Uh-uh. And here's the thing. I did that. We can do little hikes. 
But I did that for so long that when he and I split, when I finally left him, I was like, fuck all that noise. Right. I'm not I'm going not to doing the gym. I'm not any doing of that. shit. Uh. I'm not going to the gym. I'm not lifting a weight. I'm not, I'm not, I haven't ridden. <laughs> the last time I rode that bike that we talked about in the last episode was when I was married to my first husband. Right. Um, and I gave and it I away. carted it around to the different <laughs> places I live. Because <laughs> it's like, a quote unquote nice bike. It it you don't a, you don't get rid of it. Right, sure. It, yeah, we spent a lot of money on it, but whatever. But I shed that role because right. then that was no longer I didn't have to do that anymore. Right. And then I was like, "Huh, I don't have to pretend. <laughs> I don't have to pretend to be this I don't person." I have to do that again. So, yeah. Moving on. Move I I guess moving on. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take a step back in time a little bit yes. to um my teens. Mm-hmm. When uh so I was I was 17 my father died and I was devastated. He was everything to me and as a as an angsty teen, I know that it was really as a parent now with angsty teens. <laughs> yep. I don't know that teens aren't angsty. Like I yeah. think all that teens just, are angsty yeah, in some just, way, just yeah. shape or form. Yeah, right. I think that's just what teens yeah. do. They're supposed mm-hmm. to be. It's right. their job. Right. Right. They're and I sympathize more with my father now because <laughs> my father was and I think I should have a podcast only about my dad. Absolutely. Because I, I love that man to death. Mm-hmm. He was in I mean, since he's not around and I can't ask him these questions, right. I only can extrapolate from stories shared and the music he owned, which I still own all of his records. Mm-hmm. And so the records he owned and the stories I've heard, he was a man much like myself who wears our heart on our sleeve and our yeah. feelings get hurt easily. Mm-hmm. So as a, as a young punk, I, like I discovered punk rock at 17 or 16, somewhere around there, 16. And um, so that was my new persona because we were living in a town where, uh, I think we mentioned in an earlier episode, that the KKK was still active and probably still is today. I would pretty much guarantee yeah. that they are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't say that they're not still active here either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're just quieter about sure, it. Sure. You know? So I discovered punk rock. And punk was amazing. And, you know, of course, you start to put on the persona of punk mm-hmm. as you're finding yourself. Right. Um, I think it, it, this is all on a journey to find yourself as, uh, as, a, as a teen, as a child, as to, to figure out where you fit in, where you belong. And at that time, that was the best thing for me. I couldn't believe that I discovered this. And, of course, every punk before me had as well. <laughs> no, no, you were the first. No, I was the first, right, of course. You were the first punk so, that but, there ever was. Ever. But even so, I never quite felt like I fit in there. And then I discovered Jinkos and Hardcore. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jinkos. Jinko phase with Jinko. The, the black hair, right? Oh, oh, no. Did I have black hair? Oh, I saw a picture of you with black hair. I did have black hair, but then I did bleach blonde. Which is, is a little funny anecdote story. I was in geometry class senior year, so don't pick, pick at me too hard about this. I was not good with math. The numbers did not match. But <laughs> geometry, I was able to accomplish this. And anyway, uh, I'm, in, I'm in class, and somebody starts picking at me. 
and making fun of my two-toned hair. And I had gone from black to blonde, so my hair was like all Orange. kinds of fucked Hot up. Mess. <laughs> it was I'm a sure mess. you did it yourself. Oh, absolutely. You don't pay for that shit at like 17. No, no absolutely not. But, you know, I'm or just 18. I was 18 at the like, time. I'm the like, resident hairdresser. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm like dresser. a little bit like, oh. like <laughs> the professional yes. over here is like, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> why would you do that? No. That's so, terrible. So this girl calls me like something, something two-toned hair. And I, I looked at her and I said, why don't you pick at me about something that I care about? Right. Rather than my hair, because clearly I don't care about my hair. Obviously, and have you seen this? <laughs> obviously, I give concern for me. zero, zero fucks. Right. <laughs> zero fucks given about my hair. Okay? Right. That was probably the only time in high school I was able to take the wind out of a an insult's hair. Yeah. Or sales or sales. whatever you yeah. call it. Yeah. No, totally. That was the best comeback yes. I think it, I've ever heard. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was wonderful. I loved it, but. But, you know, that was like my punk edging into the hardcore phase. And then I got into emo. And oh my gosh. You were an emo kid. But no, no, no. We can't say that in this house, Nicole. Listen, I have issues with the term emo these days. Because he thinks people define it wrong. They do. (laughs) My partner loves emo music. Yeah, well, let me hear what he would. Give me a band. I don't know. I don't like that music, so I don't listen to it. I'm going to put the halt on this right now because, again, another whole episode. Talking about I, my music I, elitist husband over here. Right, so. right, right. We're, was, t- we're talking ordination of Aaron. Okay, no, like, no. I just said we're well, putting a whole. We'll talk more about that afterwards. Right. Yeah. We'll Fair talk. Enough. You can Fair give enough. me a list of bands <laughs> yeah. and I'll take them back to him. <laughs> and he can be like, yeah, I've heard this, I've heard this, right. I've heard this. And yeah. then I'll bring you a list of the bands. We're back in the debate. <laughs> emo because versus I, not emo. Yeah, no, I, I, in high school, I was. Kind of an activist, but not really. I really did it to, like, get under the skin of, like, the really popular kids in class. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we had to do uh, research projects and stuff. And um, my mom had worked for a dermatologist at one point in our life. And uh, one of the girls was, they loved to go tanning. It was, like, their thing. And I was like, (laughs) you know. You know. I can't say I've not been tempted to go tanning just to do it. Well, I mean, who? I mean, I I never have. I'm too moly, and I uh, cancer is too scary for me. I I tend to shy away from things that could hurt or kill me. Right. Um. For the most part, I still engage in, in very in risky general. behavior. <laughs> in my twenties, I engaged in very risky behavior. Right. 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 Uh. But I, like, I said something to the effect of like, tanning in a tanning bed is worse than spending an hour out in the sun, and it actually is linked to more instances of cancer and they got in an uproar about it i was like <laughs> you were just stirring the pot and oh my loving it. gosh yes, i delicious. like i i was i because i just felt i was angry at everybody it nothing seemed fair in life at that point I was struggling in school because I had undiagnosed ADHD, but I also had to be the perfect kid because, again, the role is I'm the oldest, I'm the only girl, I've always made good grades, so I have to continue to make good grades, so I am the example for everyone else. So you carry this burden of, like, the oldest and have to be a perfectionist and undiagnosed mental health issues and... So I was very angry. So part of me just wanted, like, because I couldn't do anything to control my home life. 
I had to find a way to like make other people as angry as I was. Oh, wow. That's a dangerous mentality. But like, yeah. So it was, and it was only really targeted at people that I felt had everything. Oh, yeah. And were very like elitist feeling to me. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. So I just like wanted them to feel, and I was listening to like Nirvana and rap, like hard rap and just like, just really. Yes, and just hating mm-hmm. everyone. You were and feeling all of the angst. I was feeling all of the angst and the anger. And so I really loved grunge a lot during that time. And it was just like, I love every bit of grunge there is about there. And now that I, and but I also loved like hip hop, R&B and everything else mm-hmm. that went with it. But I couldn't let too many people see that part of me. Yeah. But the grungy part, I could totally do that. And I, my junior year, I looked like a boy like i <laughs> i was unintentional i didn't i just wore really baggy clothes all the time because i just like hated everybody and everything and myself and that was the look that i was into on the ladies was <laughs> the grunge <laughs> look, the look. Yeah. yeah yeah no it was it was a great time because uh-huh. i could just roll into school wearing like whatever there was something there. super attractive about a a, a, a girl who didn't give a fuck right. and wore what they wanted to wear. It, it didn't have to be like overtly sexy. No, no it, it just was like whatever. Right. For you, it's about the attitude. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The is, way that right. you were wearing that halter top. <laughs> holy fuck. You're yes. out of my league. It's a shame I don't fit into that halter top anymore. <laughs> you don't need to fit into I that don't. halter top. I don't. You look gorgeous Thanks, in whatever Mom. you put Even on. Even in my pajamas. I'm sorry. I, I, wearing. I, I but took no, you off topic. But, but no, that's, th- that's the, like, so I was, I had this role at home to play. And then at school, I just wanted to, like, oh, watch the world burn. <laughs> yeah. But, like, still do my work so I wouldn't get yelled at. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Really hard role. Like, you're carrying yeah. all this pressure and all these burdens. And I can relate to that as well. I mean, but let's be perfectly honest. For me, it's not much of a role. Like, out of the womb, I've been the overachiever, like, must be perfectionist, like, mm-hmm. do all the things, right? It, I it just, is who I am. Yeah. But at the same time, with that comes these pressures and these roles that you do have to play because of that, because of the expectations that are that are set. I mean, I was the, you know, I said I was the cheerleader, but I was also a jock. Like, I played all the sports. I lettered in, like, four sports. I was, like, you know, the straight-A student and yeah. the, in the student council and the, you know, honor society and all that stuff. And that was a role that while it was based in who I truly, truly was fucking overachiever, right? (laughs) I know no other way to exist in this world. Same. With that comes this pressure and this responsibility to kind of wear a certain look, a certain uniform, Mm -hmm. a certain, you know, you have to present a certain way because of all these things. And that, to be, to be accepted. Right. And that can be challenging. And it wasn't until I went off to college that I was like, oh, nobody gives a fuck about all this <laughs> right. stuff I did in high school. No. No one gives a fuck. Right. This is so freeing and liberating. I can still be a total nerd and overachiever, but I don't, it doesn't matter to other people. Therefore, I can just do it without having to fill this role of like, 
because so-and-so expects this. Right. You. And I, and I think it, it was very nice when I was able to move out of my parents' house and go to college elsewhere. And it was like, this is just for me. Yeah, exactly. Whatever grade I get is just for me. It's all yeah. me. Yep. So, um, I'm looking at my notes here uh-huh. and we've gone through a lot and, um, Oh my gosh. I don't know what I want to talk about more. Im- <laughs> imposter syndrome. Oh gosh. Yeah. So this is such a buzzword. Our, <gasps> oh my God. Is it a buzzword? It's a, a thing though. Like I mean, yeah, it, is, it is, but I feel like it, it is, it has come more. It's more like it's, it's becoming, people are becoming more and more aware of it. Right. Yeah. So it is something that is becoming more and more of a topic. Right. Of, uh, Versus before, where we were just like nobody was talking about it. We all felt it, right. but sure. nobody was talking about right. it. Right. Well, I think that I didn't know that there was a term for right. it. Mm-hmm. So, as um, <clears throat> I got my first job washing dishes at fifteen, well, the the minute I could get a worker's permit, I got my job, mm-hmm. and my entire family worked at this one restaurant, this tiny little restaurant, which is, by the way, so good. Uh, still around, and we still go every so often. We we go probably once a year. Stands pandemic because I think the people they attract might be. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yes. there's not <laughs> the crowd. <laughs> We're going there right now. This is not the you crowd you want to be around in the pandemic. Not. Nope. We are waiting until 2022 before. That's we right. That's go right. Back We're there. waiting until when the percent positivity rate is down to 0. 0.5. Then I will feel right. comfortable Absolutely. going back to that part of. Yes. The- right. Yes. No. Totally. So I wanted, I needed, I wanted a job. I wanted to earn money. And my, my father was a retired um, army officer who was working in the, um, oh, I don't know what field it was. He worked for the state. So, you know, we weren't rich. We didn't have a lot of money. And, but we did okay. You know, like right. we had, we had shoes on our feet and shirts on our back. And yeah, they may have been from the that. Dollar General or Walmart, but. Didn't matter. Nope. You know what? It, it was it was okay. Um, so as as I as I've I've worked through and I think that this is like the beginnings of my imposter syndrome, right? So I worked through being a, a a dishwasher all the way up to I think I was eventually managing the kitchen at one point where the the chef had left. There's not a whole lot of managing to do. You just got to get up, go in at eleven o'clock, and start cooking the shit. Right. Like right. Once you know, you just know. Yes. For right. This particular family. For this particular yeah. job. Yep. Right. There's no. There's so, no like. Hey guys. So I, I had a I had a high school friend, and I really hope that we just kind of reconnected last year, and I hope this doesn't destroy uh, <laughs> the potential <laughs> future connections. But oh, Russell. You know, he he was one of my best friends mm-hmm. for years. Uh, another uh, person who struggled with ADHD. And um, we were both, like, fucked up in our own ways. But he would get a job and then get fired real quick. Mm-hmm. And I watched that happen. Uh, and, and sometimes to no fault of his own, but I managed to get him a job um, after I got back from my mission. And I was, like, kind of getting established in the career that I'm in now. And he had cut himself, and then they fired him. So I would see these instances and I would think, oh my gosh, like if you take time off, you're going to get fired. Mm. Ah. If you, 
injure yourself, you're going to get fired. And how fucked up is that? It's really fucked in, up. In this, in this, I mean, the that's country. That's a reality for right. some but people. It that, is a yeah, reality. It is. That's right? what I mean. It's fucked up because right? this happen. is like this is not like an imagining. <laughs> right. This is based in fucking reality. Right. I think the only reason I never got fired when I worked in New York was because I was part of the union. Mm. IBEW six six six. Very nice. The house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little jealous as a teacher in the South. There are yeah, no there unions. Are no there union. are no unions. Yeah. No. Although we are making ways, yes. ways into that area. But there should be. But there should be. As 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 an adult now, I feel like unions are an important thing. They, they definitely they are. Clearly yeah. got us to where we are today in this day and age. So then. Bringing it back to right. your yeah. it back. syndrome. So I, when I left uh, New York and I worked for this small business in um, Gloucester, Virginia, um, I left him and he fired me before my two weeks. And I get it. He he was pissed. He, he was losing losing a, a worker. And but ever since then, I felt like um, I was I was a fuck up, and I was just amazed that I was able to earn the money I was earning make doing what i was doing and eventually the bar was set and i had to meet that bar right so i started working hard and eventually i was one of the top performers in the company i was working for and nobody got fired clearly but eventually i left and when i left i started getting the business that they were having they came to me Mm -hmm. because i was i was awesome Yep. You, are, you, you are you are very good and in very your good. field. Really you are right. very good. So yes. I started my business, and even still to this day, I feel like they're gonna find out that I'm a fuck up and oh, yeah. and drop me. Everybody, and especially because of the 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 boat that got real rocked hard in uh, 2019. Yeah. That was no fault of my own, but mm. my office staff. So yeah. I work super hard, and I, w- I just still feel like somebody's going to find out I'm a fraud, and then I'm going to lose it all. Yep, that is – it is such a very strong and real feeling, and so you feel that way because you classify yourself as a fuck-up your whole life, yeah. which yeah. I disagree with strongly, but that's how you viewed yourself, mm-hmm. and for me – I feel the same viewing myself. I never thought of myself as a fuck up because I just, I I never did. But while I was a perfectionist and like overachiever and really good at just about everything that I tried, I was never the best, Mm. you know, like I wasn't valedictorian. I wasn't really like, no, no, uh -uh, no. So I wasn't the. I, I, I can say I wasn't. I am no. very surprised. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I don't think we've ever talked about no, that. We haven't. But you were, know. were you the next one down? No, nope. Really <laughs> not. No. Oh my gosh. I think I was probably in the top fifteen or twenty. I'm guessing. Right. But I bet you could have elbow dropped them all, though. Oh, I could have beat the shit out of them. Yeah. <laughs> that is without question. Without question. <laughs> we're not talking about throwing hands here. Now that I got it. But <laughs> <laughs> we talk about like actual achievements I always did really really well but never the best mm-hmm. so now that I own my own business well two businesses and I know that I'm good at such really an good achiever <laughs> over here two businesses Chaz. <laughs> I'm I know that I'm really good at both of them mm-hmm. but I will never feel like the best, best. and mm. so therefore when I have a new client 
I am literally sweating. Mm-hmm. Like, am I am I yes. doing okay? Right. Oh my they, gosh. Are they gonna like what I'm doing? Are they gonna be like, this is the worst ever and like get out of my chair and leave? Like so it's not just because you considered yourself a fuck up. It all I think all of us to some extent have that well, maybe not yeah. all. Maybe some people out there don't feel that like, way. Well, well that's like maybe the, the valedictorian doesn't feel, feel like that way. way. <laughs> no, yeah, no, maybe the valedictorian's like, no, I'm fucking crushing no, it. I am valid- yeah. everything. My valedictorian I'm valedictorian from high school is a lawyer now, so but they may still feel like mm-hmm. maybe perhaps. Well, but, but mine what, is you a know doctor what? and I do her hair and there you go. Yeah. Amazing. Um, but I can that's say cool. I can say that feeling is is different. Even for me, it's different because I never considered myself a fuck up. But I did think that I had everyone fooled. Right. Like my mom was like, <laughs> she she's so good and she doesn't hardly have to do any work. What she didn't know is that I was up till like two or three in the morning doing <laughs> oh homework because I couldn't sit down and focus on any of it. Yes. Yeah, and yes. the stress I just didn't of do that, that though. Right. But I, 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 but I had homework. no choice in that because <laughs> I did not like the consequences of not yeah. doing well in school. Yeah, I did wow. not like Lately. to have – it was much better to not have the parental units involved in anything that I was doing. Yes. So – and it, it carried over into college to where when I was getting my master's degree, I was like – these professors are dumb and they're not dumb. They're like, they've got <laughs> doctorates. Like right. they have doctorates. They see through people, but I just felt like I had them fooled because I was like just getting all the work in, getting A's. And I was like, you guys don't even know. Like that took me no time at all to do that work. Like this is too easy. Like I'm obviously going to fail at this at some point. Right. And now I deal with legal paperwork all the time. And yes. anytime I'm in a meeting where I'm running the, the show and I'm having to, like, tell parents, like, here are what we're going to do for your kids in, in IEP meetings, I am so nervous and I feel myself flush red. Oh, yeah. And my boss always, he always has some stupid comment about it. And it's like, I so. am just nervous because I feel like someone's going to be like, you're an idiot. You don't yeah. know what you're talking about. I've been doing this for 12 years. Right. I am very good at my job, yeah. but I never feel like I like someone's going to find me out and I'm really not that good. Yeah. You, I just have everyone fooled into thinking yeah. I'm that good. Yes. A couple of weeks ago, I had um, I had a discussion with a, a, a large supplier and <laughs> they didn't like how I handled their customers. Mm. Right? Bite me. <laughs> So I, I get a call. Now, last year, we won an award that only one in three in the U.S. achieved. It was a major award. It was a major award. We won a major we award. So leg lamp in I, want, I want to share that. I want to share that. Uh, was it fragile? It was. No. You know what? The, the award was. I'm sorry. The I'm award. Sorry. No, the award. You are. No, 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 no. So good at your job. I'm yes. sorry. You but, got an award for it, and we're shitting all over it. And not, <laughs> not the actual award. We're Listen. just making poking fun. Okay. I'm sorry. This is but what happens. With the, the, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, is the award, the the physical representation of the award was absolute bullshit. It was a big fucking mouse pad, with, award, on it. Like I mean, it, it said like you know. Awarded for blah 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 blah. Wait, uh, yes, yes. It was. You it heard was a, that. It was a mouse pad. It was a mouse pad. Okay, Actual. Uh, tool mat. Okay, so it was a tool mat, and wasn't even like a. a it wasn't even a plexiglass fucking award. <laughs> it wasn't even like a Dundee or anything. Like, no, you, know, you didn't even get no. like a little. Nope, no we, statuette. We got, we, we got um, 
uh, uh, not GIFs, uh, JPEGs that we could like add onto our business cards. Oh shit! Right, right. So, yeah. Award winners. Mm -hmm. I wanted the leg lamp. Come on, give me my plexiglass (laughs) statue. Uh, You deserve. You at least deserve. Maybe like it's like a tool wrench or something. You know, it is such a prestigious award from a very high, highly regarded company. Yeah, that's a big deal it's a huge award but the shittiest award they give you it's like a huge deal but here's your here's your shitty award yeah right yeah here's your big fucking mouse pad Mm -hmm. live it up so they were like we're here's a trip to dollar general on us i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna call my rep in the next couple of weeks Because uh, if we're on par for where we are, and I hope I'm not cursing myself, we're going to get it again, which is amazing. Two-time award-winning champs. Look at this. I know. And um, so you'll have two giant mouse. So pads. this is this was this so, was 2020 without me pushing anything. Right, this right. is 2021. And so here's the deal: you're not a fucking imposter. We're not an imposter, but but it doesn't. We get a call from a different no, supplier doesn't. who doesn't like how I handle things. And and I said, my first fuck up in the conversation was, I know how the game is played. He did not want to hear that. No, he really did not. And I I know how the game is played. I know how people like to be coddled, and both people want to be coddled. But I don't think he understood that his customers, once they call me, are my customers. Right. They're no longer their customers. No. Right. So then honesty is key. And mm-hmm. when they ask me questions, I have to be honest. Yeah. But no. I also have to play the game right. Yeah. And I have a hard time playing that game Same. right. Which is why I had to set the set the, the tone of the conversation, which yes. was, I know how your game is played. Here is my award. You cannot complain with how I perform because your customers still love me. Okay, right. you, but... It's not about any of that. <laughs> the issue is that you broke an unspoken rule. You Ooh. stepped out of the role of being the service provider Ugh. and went into the role of, I'm going to call you out on your bullshit because I know what's behind the curtain. You broke that rule. Right. Written, but, but so you broke it. I don't deliberately. No, no. No. Like no. poke fun at or call shit at. No, you're no. not being right. an asshole. It, it is. It is. That is why. They ask me a question. I answer it. And then the customer then goes to. Yes. But regardless, again, none of that matters. When you were And there's no way to lie about it either. When you were talking to <laughs> this guy, you did something he didn't like. No. You called him out on something. Yeah. By saying, I know how this game is played. So you broke out of your oh, little right. prescribed role, is what I'm saying. So wait, was it the customer that was upset with you or the, the supplier? Supplier, okay. Because I'm like, I'm trying to think, like, did did Russell say that to a customer? Because that would also make a lot of sense. Because I've dealt with some of your customers. Oh, and you I, have. Yeah, yeah, and 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 depending on the the. The level of uh, product product mm-hmm. it, it depends on what kind of personality you're gonna get. Right, very true. The higher end the product is, or the more that they pay for the product, the more entitled they feel to you being a service person to them, oh. versus 
Yes. You are helping me. Yes. Sometimes. I mean, you know, I, I found that. The tendency is there. So, for this. Right. But, but I find that, like, sometimes even the lower quality product customer mm-hmm. who has oh, had to work really hard to get true, the that product too. that yeah, they right. purchased right. makes it really challenging for them to deal with the fact that they put out as much as they could right and it's yeah. and it's, and it's not working it's not right working. no that i get that too right. so there's lots of different roles within that too and also you have to think about the fact that all of us have been in the service industry mm-hmm. in one facet or another and we all know that when you are in any sort of service industry there are always going to be those customers clients interactions with people who look down upon you right. because you are oh, yeah. serving them. Mm-hmm. And so that's another role that, right. that we're playing. And then they're playing the role of asshole entitled customer yeah. slash client because we all look at these different um, activities as falling into certain roles. And we're supposed to follow the game. We're supposed right. to know how the game is played. Right. The customer is always right. And when those are challenged... Right, I and mean, you what you know what's fascinating is you, you like so, <clears throat> what is it that, that like we can even talk about like we can even bring into this discussion like like status, right? Right, no, that's and, a and role like too. like yeah. um what what was it like uh you know back in the Middle Ages we had like oh like when we had serfs and then like. The feudal Cousin, lords. Yeah. Right. Well, so we had these, like, and, yeah. and so all of that yeah, is kind of like trend. a caste system, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So we now have, like, these, and this is where, like, some racism comes into play. In, this is where in all a, racism Right. <laughs> right. right. Okay, wait, I want to, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Well, you know, but, sure, but there's But they, people want to feel like they're more important than other people. And oh, so yeah. these roles uh-huh. in our lives, and, and Chas, I think you mentioned it to me, is that a lot of these uh, poor people just look at themselves as one step away from being a millionaire. Yes, right. not millionaires uh, because of circumstance. Correct. Not they're not millionaires because of other poor people. Correct. Not right. because no. not because they've made choices. And maybe not millionaires, but more comfortable. Right. And right. so they're they're super fascinating to think about the roles that we play in our lives that we don't even know that we're playing. Oh, right. absolutely. And other people view us and put us in a role. Right. We're not even aware of how they're viewing us. That's right. right. That happens too. So in my profession, one of them, as a, hair, <laughs> as a hairstylist, um, I play lots of different roles behind that Oh, chair. for sure. And Nicole has definitely seen those at work too. So, you know, I am very, very frequently a therapist mm-hmm. to the client sitting in my chair. That's Which, what you got your degree in. That is what my degree is so, in. So it works perfectly. It's great. I joke all the time that I am just now I'm behind the chair instead of behind the couch providing right. therapy for people. But I function as a therapist. I function as a sounding board. I am also the person that <laughs> I have certain clients that I can I have to be very gentle mm-hmm. and delicate with when I'm explaining what their Same. hair will or will yeah. not do. Right. But then I have my other clients like Nicole, for example, that'd be like, bitch, that is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> we are not I've doing definitely, that. Um, I am definitely like the laziest hair care person <laughs> ever. And I'm like, oh, but I love, well, you, Russell, <laughs> let's not. <laughs> no, but also like, I'm like, oh, but I love this like rainbow hair color style. And it's, Chaz <laughs> is like, like 
cool. You're going to come in every four weeks for a touch-up. And Nicole's like, F that. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. That's silly. But I have to be able to read. We all do. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to read the people we're interacting with and know how to best approach a situation. And not in a condescending way, but in a way that is beneficial to everyone. Right. right? Like, I don't want our mentioning, you know, the caste system or wealth or someone not being wealthy to be viewed as some sort of judgmental kind of judgmental capacity whatsoever. It is more about um, understanding that there are so many facets at play that make up these roles, Mm -hmm. not just how we're self-identifying in those roles, but how other people are looking at us. Right. Right. Absolutely. All of those, every single role that we play you know, whether the, or not we're aware of whether it. Whether or not we're aware of it. We're the villain in lots of people's stories. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, definitely the villain. Once you think about it, I mean, I am yeah. very well aware of the <laughs> when I was purposely the villain. But there's got to be situations that none of us are aware of right. that we are actually the bad guy in somebody else's story. This is true. Yeah. No. Well, oh, I know that we are yeah, the bad guy. at night now. Yes, Thanks. but. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Oh, no, I think but, about this all the time. I know that there are ones that you're aware of, but there are some that you will never think of. And I'm okay life. with that. Yeah, I am too. Because. That, that's why I sleep. Shit happens. Somewhat okay at night. <laughs> Because you are the bad guy in somebody's story. Well, yeah. Look, look but he's I don't aware want to care. be the bad guy. I want to be, I'm, I'm a fixer. Right, oh my yeah. God, yes. I yep. like to fix people. And I think Same that's my these. biggest role mm-hmm. is to fix things. I picked our son up from uh, a, a play date today. That was a three-hour play date. Hangout. Hangout. So they're not play dates. Not play dates at middle school. He's hanging out with a friend. Sorry. Right. Hangouts. And <laughs> he was sharing with me some things that he did. And he was like, yeah, I, 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 I ran into a Tesla today. And I was like, dude, you can't do that. Those things have cameras 360. <laughs> like, that dude got a text message when you bumped into his car. <laughs> when you breathed on his car. When you looked at his car. So, you know, he was also, he was also talking about how like, oh yeah, like, so we went to 7-Eleven to get some Slurpees, but we put all the money into one wallet, which was my wallet. So like, then I was spending the money. I was like, man, you got to be careful with money. Yeah. So like, I'm trying to teach our kids about money without being the bad guy, but I'm clearly the bad guy because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Obviously not. No. No. No, So being a parent. You don't have any life experience. No, being a parent. You are going to be. It is the hardest role and most rewarding role I've ever played. It's It's why it's totally maddening because it is the most frustrating, difficult role ever, but also the most rewarding. Five seconds of goodness can totally cancel out the shitty Mm -hmm. three hours that you had previous with that game. Right. Like last night, P was terrible at sleeping last night and i was like i don't understand what you need right now you've been fed you've been changed everything i I have rocked you i have cooed at you i have bounced you i've done all the things yes and then uh it and then today she i'm coming down the stairs getting ready to leave and she looks at me and she just smiles and i'm like oh my god you're so cute you are the most amazing thing in the world after four hours of sleep Right, yeah. yeah. Sure. Stella would only sleep after I walked down the hall and back again over and over and hours. over again. Hours. 
oh man so i last night i i did something different i put her in her crib she started screaming crying as soon as i laid her she was dead asleep in my arms i put her down in the crib immediately screaming and then i start taking the mattress and bouncing it because i have no (laughs) idea what else to do and then she starts giggling and laughing and goes right off to sleep. And I was like, oh, perfect. That's Why didn't I think of this before? Yeah, the amount of times I army crawled out of Stella's room. Right. Oh, my gosh. Even. These old houses with Literally. the creaky floors. Yes. Oh, my gosh. They will not let us get away with anything. <laughs> but, yeah. All right, guys. So. I'm going to say we wrap it up. Okay. Mm. We have. We could go on. We've hit our hour. hour. We have. This has been an hour. Yes. That's insane. It has not been. No, we could talk about this for. <laughs> Well, all night, all night. We really could, yeah. but you know, we wanna we wanna keep things to an so appropriate length. The roles we play in our life are fascinating and yes. frustrating, yes. and we can look back on them with fondness and uh, and sometimes some tons of cringe. Oh, yes. So oh yeah. It's cringe. But they're ever changing. Yes. Yeah. As, right. They're ever evolving, yeah. and that's I think the takeaway from this is that the roles that we've played teach us how to play the roles that we're going to play currently, the roles that we're going to play in the future. They teach us how to adapt, how yeah. to function with other people, how to function in society. <laughs> um, and we're going to fuck up like yeah. all, all the time, time. So, daily. Yes. And that's okay. That's, that's part of the journey, right? That's part of what, what we're right. supposed to do. This is really funny because this is not what I had imagined our <laughs> discussions to be. I, w- I was I was thinking about like past tense roles we've played and characters we've played because yeah. I was thinking about my moped gang days where I was like <laughs> we're gonna do a whole the one that. okay so here I'm I'm gonna wrap us up with this because I know you're both big nerds so we're gonna do you know one of the ultimate nerd movies Harry Potter series I want each of you to tell me who you are. In the Harry Potter series, and we will end with that as a role. Oh my gosh! Do you do either of you have an answer readily available? I'm fucking Harry Potter. All right, you're Harry. I could see that. Or Lupin. Nah, nah. Just because you like Lupin doesn't mean you are Lupin. All right, I'd say you're Harry. I'm Harry. Yeah, I think so. I would say I'm either like. A cross between the Weasley twins yes. <laughs> and or Luna Lovegood. Yes. Oh my gosh. I didn't think, I think about the Weasley twins. All three. <laughs> I was like, oh my all goodness. All three of them were wrapped up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I am the yeah. comic weirdo relief. But also really uh, fucking smart and yeah. kind and. Right, right. Yeah, Just like, all, you know the what, things, though, all those things. I cannot be Harry. He was too somber. Well, you are. He was also pretty emo, though. I know. I'm one of the Weasley twins. I'm thinking of. I don't know, though. I'm thinking about your backstory. You've had some struggles. Some struggle. I know. Which is why I feel like I. You identify with Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's nothing wrong with that. No, that's. I would say. All right. All right. Yeah. You guys know who I am. I'm Hermione. Hermione. I know. I was like, no. I, I was like, I'm not Hermione a hundred percent at all. I mean, there's just no. But Chaz is one hundred percent. That's just Hermione. It. It's fine. I'm Hermione. It's cool. But she is um, an amazing. I mean, I'll person. take it. Too. Yeah. No. Super smart. Take it. One of the only capable people in that trio. <laughs> the only reason they're not all dead. Right. That is definitely. Well. <laughs> And I always say that Chas is the reason I'm not broken destitute. Right. So there we go. Yeah, Hermione. Done. 
All right, All guys. Right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. So thank you for listening. And please give us feedback. Um, right. And we look forward to doing this again and having yes. Nicole back another time. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.